Hi everyone, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. If you're watching it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the show, make sure to subscribe so that you get notified when a new show is released. And if you'd like to find links to videos or mp3 files, just go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com and you can also submit any eerie experiences you've had at the Submit Your Story tab. Also, hook up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where you can find information not only about new shows, but also about monthly free merchandise giveaways. So, get comfortable, enjoy this new episode, and just imagine it's a dark and stormy night where not a creature is stirring, not even a mouse. And if a creature is stirring, you hope it's a mouse. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing? Good, I hope, because I'm doing fantastic. And as you know, uh, we're here now at the beginning of 2019. A lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, as you know, I'm already starting to work on season six of Stories of the Supernatural. So I'm hoping you guys are going to come back and watch the show because I have a lot of interesting guests just like the one that I have on here tonight. Okay, and the lady I have, her name is Sky Alexander. Now, Sky is the author of numerous fiction and nonfiction books, and she's also known for her work in the body, mind, spirit field, which you know I am the number one fan of that. She is also an artist and astrologer, uh, does tarot reading, feng shui practitioner, and drummer, and she's been featured in the Discovery Channel's documentary, Secret Stonehenge. She also founded the Right Stuff Press and co-founded the publishing cooperative Level Best Books. So I want to welcome you. How are you doing tonight, Sky? I'm doing fantastic as you are, Marlene, and I really appreciate you taking the time to have me on to talk with your guests. Absolutely. It is my pleasure, and I am so excited because to me, and, and I, I mean, of all the things, I'm fascinated by everything that you, you know, you're, you're involved in, but... The mind-body-spirit connection, to me, I think a lot of times people, they, they don't realize how enmeshed those areas are. But before we get to that, I'm going to ask you what I ask all my guests is, how did you become involved in, with, did you have an, in some type of experience as a child paranormal, or did you just evolve and get into all these fields? Well, I think from a very, very early age, uh, I was fascinated with all things that were, let's say, not normal in my community or in my family. Although I have to, I have to credit my mom with, with being able to encourage my weirdness from a very early age. And we participated in some uh, Duke University studies on okay. ESP when I was 11. I started wow. reading um, astrology books and all kinds of other stuff like that um, from a very early age, but I always had a sense of connection to the bigger picture, to nature, to the spirits and the entities that surround us, and that just has grown uh, as I've matured as an adult. Right, because I think a lot of people, because of course we go by what we can see with our senses and we don't realize that there's another world that's very enmeshed with ours. It, it almost exists, coexists. And, you know, people either are not aware of it or afraid of basically what we can't see or touch. But it still affects yeah. us. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that our scientific community and our religious communities and our social structure does not nurture our ability to reach beyond that physical uh, realm, that physical definition of what is reality. But if we look back through history, we see that all cultures and all times everywhere have embraced a larger picture of what's out there, who's out there, and how are we connected to all of that. Of course. And well, even now, the, the, the physicists, you know, are saying, you know, as far as atomic and subatomic, like that the apparition, the, the apparent, um, if you look at something that looks solid, it's just an appearance as far as we can see, but if we could look at a subatomic level, we'd see things are vibrating and they're not as solid as they appear. And of course, um, because we always think of things as being solid and can't be moved or you can't go through. And that's not the case, really. Uh, in other words, just because we can't see it doesn't mean that that's not exactly there. Well, Heisenberg showed that the, um, obs- the observer influenced what was being observed. Yes. Yes, you're absolutely And therefore, there is no such thing as objectivity as we'd like to believe it is. We all participate in our realities and in what happens to us and what happens beyond us. Right. And a lot of people don't. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes, Sky, people think that they themselves on an individual basis have little or no effect on anything. In other words, everybody thinks that to produce an effect, it has to be a large group of people. And that's not the case. No, it's not. Every little thing we do connects with every other thing that's Mm -hmm. out there. And we're all part of um, a great web, if you will, a great cosmic web and that what happens here where I am in Texas and what happens where you are in Miami and what happens in China, et cetera, et cetera, is felt throughout that whole web, just like a little insect creeping across a spider's web. That spider can be a long way away, but she'll still feel that. And we do too, even though we're not necessarily consciously aware of it, it still impacts us. Right, exactly. That Sometimes I think people think, well... I'm just nobody, I don't have it. And I'm thinking to myself, not only physically, but mentally and spiritually, I imagine the the thoughts and feelings we put out not only affect us, of course, but like you said, it's like a ripple effect or a web where eventually it's felt um, across. And, and now that, that you brought that up, because, you know, we talked, we mentioned a little bit earlier before we started recording about the law of attraction, okay? Right. You remember this was, I think it was, was it uh, 2007 when The Secret came out, which is when it kind of like, I mean, that concept had been around for quite a while, but that's when it really like got a lot of exposure. And right, to, the, to the general audience. To right. the general audience. And a lot of people were excited, but then a lot of people poo-pooed it. And, but I was like, no, it's just that it was done in very broad strokes because, of course, it was being put into a movie to entertain. Yes, but the concept, I personally believe, is valid. Oh, uh, absolutely. Both and positive and new. negative. Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I think that being aware of that is mm-hmm. very important for each of us because we do create our own realities and we do have impact on what's going on around us and on everybody else, in the lives of everyone else. And not only 
people, but animals, plants, the environment, yes. the whole cosmos is interlinked, in my opinion. I've just been rereading some of the old Seth material that I read back in the early mid-80s, I guess. And it talks about that in, in great depth, about how our emotions, our thoughts as human beings impact our environment and the weather and the conditions in that you know that we're talking about now a lot in terms of climate change and yes. uh, you know major earth upheavals if you will right. that it's important for us in my opinion to be aware that our thoughts have a lot of power beyond just our own little lives sure. and I'm using little as a Right, right, because yeah, that I mean, when we yeah, when we compare ourselves out of you know a population of billions worldwide, yeah, that's, that's how most people mm -hmm. think of themselves, yeah. But uh, and one of the things that, in which is part and parcel, what you know, as on an individual basis, because let's face it, everybody, despite you know that we share, whether it's you know the street we live on, the state, you know, worldwide, you know, but everybody ultimately want is living their lives or hopefully you are and you're engaged in life is what i tell everybody you should be engaged in life you know you shouldn't hide from it but a lot of people sometimes they feel that they are at the mercy of circumstance or fate or whatever you want to call it and mm -hmm. i think that let's say going back to this law of attraction that a lot of people say oh well oh so you're telling me that i could just sit there and things and i'm like no but whatever you focus your attention on Okay, you're gonna to pull towards you in some way or other. Absolutely. Uh, and and, and I'm gonna give the example. You remember? I don't know if you remember. I'm gonna use the movie again because this, you know how the okay. the guy, one of them, he sees himself driving a certain car, and he makes believe, and people are like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I'm gonna sit in my living room and I'm gonna pretend, you know, like I'm driving this sports car I want. And people don't realize. Oh, and, and all of a sudden I'm gonna go out my front door and there's the sports car. And I'm like, no, but if you start, it will, things will shift around in your reality to bring that manifestation to you, whether it's because you make more money. You know, in other words, it takes you, you know, maybe through a route you could never have imagined. Sometimes people kind of are their own worst enemies when they want something. They think, yeah, I'd like that, but I don't see how that could ever come about. Or that we don't feel well worthy for it to come yes, to us. Yes, yes, exactly. It's like, man, I'd like it, but, and you're absolutely right because you know what? I'm a big believer and I understand truly the power of us, our conscious mind and expectations. And it's unfortunate how limiting sometimes we can be as to exactly what you just said. Are we worthy? Do we deserve it? Um, you know, or do we even you, want the responsibility if oh, we get it? Oh, you said the R word, responsibility. Oh, my God. That's a bad word, Scott. I'm only kidding. But. <laughs> well, we think about it. I mean, if we decide, for example, that we think we might want to have um, a romantic affair, for example. Yes. A relationship. Yes. But are we willing to do the work that's necessary? Are we willing to adjust yes. our lives so that we can find uh, companionable ground between us? All of those things have to come into play. And sometimes I, I think that we block uh, our opportunities, whether it's for love, whether it's for a successful career, whether it's for health, whatever, 
because we don't want to either do the work or take the responsibility or, as you and I were talking about earlier, deal with the changes that will come if that enters our lives. Sure. And people... And, and one of the things, because I, uh, that's one of the things I do understand is because I, I was a hypnotherapist for many years, is that our subconscious mind will extrapolate from that change all the things that can come with it. And usually it goes in the direction of the negative because it's we feel safer being in our comfort zone. It's like this is what we know. Uh, <laughs> despite what we say we want, like you said, maybe uh, I would love to have this romance with this person, whatever. But then usually our subconscious mind goes down the road, exactly what you described. What if, what if I'm dumped? What if this person does something? What if I fall madly in love and then they break my, yeah, you know, we go and because. All those what ifs. Oh, what ifs, yes. And <laughs> I think a lot of people, don't get me wrong. I, I think it's, you know, it's okay, of course. Nobody wants to be rejected or, but I think sometimes people cheat themselves out of a lot of experiences because of that fear. Of right, that they, I think we limit ourselves, yes, by that fear, exactly. Right, they want the guaranteed outcome. And, and that isn't necessarily what ensures growth. No, it's not. It's not. In my opinion, growing spiritually and in many other ways, emotionally, psychologically, etc., involves taking some risks and it involves stretching beyond your comfort zone sure. but that is scary for all of us because we don't trust the unknown and we don't trust ourselves yes oh my god for me we don't trust that we really do have power mm -hmm. and we are good people and we are moving in a direction that is healing and can be happy and we just limit ourselves too much and I think also sometimes, guy, people don't know how to forgive themselves. Let's say you made mistakes Absolutely. in your past. You made mistakes, bad judgment, stupid stuff. I mean, come on, if, if you've got a pulse. <laughs> and some people, they never forgive themselves. So later on, they're always afraid to make a decision because they always got that cloud. You know, when I did, look at the last time when I made that decision, look what happened. So they lose total trust in... <laughs> their better judgment and, and it's like yeah hey. but we're also encouraged in our yes. society to trust um, the powers that be if you will oh, yeah. trust people who are outside of ourselves whether they be religious leaders political leaders mm -hmm. our parents our you know yes. whoever it happens to be we don't trust we're not encouraged to trust ourselves and our own um, what I think of is the the quiet voice within that inner voice of wisdom that really does know what's right for us and our intuition. Rather, we, we project it out onto others and say, well, why don't you tell me what I should be doing? Or why oh. don't you, you that, know, what right? Right, and and the, and, and, and the bio that I described, you do tarot and you do astrology. Let me ask you, Scott, do right. you ever get people that, even though they come for a tarot or an astrological, you know, for you to do their chart, uh, they're at the same time want almost that you're going to give me good news, right? Like this is going to work out, right? Everybody wants good news. And I usually yeah. try to give them good news first. Right. And then if yeah. I see things yeah. that don't look quite so comfortable, mm -hmm. I, I feel obliged to tell them that. But I also try to 
um, give them some understanding about where is this coming from and what are the things you can learn from it and what are the best things you can do to handle um, an astrological crisis, if you will, that's right. coming up. And you may not be able to avoid that crisis, but you can handle it in good ways or less effective ways, if you will. Right. And so that my opinion is that I'm not going to um, hide that from somebody because that's not my job. That's mm-hmm. not why they come to me. Right. But I also want to offer constructive um, suggestions, at least, that they can choose to follow if they want to. Right. And, and everything and, I believe. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, what, what we talked about earlier was that sometimes, and I'm sure you've done charts for people, or even a tarot reading where you see this change and by this i mean not that they're going there's some type of major change that and you know sometimes people despite what they say when it really comes down to it they're very resistant to change and i'm sure you've seen sometimes where like it's going to happen whether you want to or not mm-hmm. and i wonder if you give them the advice to go with the flow because sometimes some changes there's just no way to escape it well i do think that there are changes that come to us um, that are foreseeable Mm -hmm. and they, as you said, are probably unavoidable. However, in my opinion, we also position ourselves to experience those changes for our own soul growth or our own spiritual and personal growth. So by allowing those changes to manifest in our lives, we can grow and benefit and maybe have some really wonderful things happen that we would not have expected otherwise. However, as you mentioned, it's, it's kind of natural for us to be a little apprehensive about that because most of us have a little bit of control freak in us. Oh, and of we, course, yes, yes. <laughs> and we're apprehensive about the unknown. And that goes back to what, what we were talking about earlier, that we don't trust ourselves. We haven't been taught to trust our own our own judgment and our own feelings. We've been taught to put that out onto authorities. And so when we're faced with changes, we, we don't necessarily think that we can um, find our way through them and that we can handle those in a constructive manner that will be beneficial to us. But we can. And sometimes it's going to be hard. I mean, we're going to mm-hmm. lose the, our loved ones or we're going to get fired from a job or we're going to right. face a health crisis. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that those things do not have positive ramifications in our lives. Sure. Or that it doesn't mean we can't benefit from it going through those experiences. Let me ask you, Sky, do you think that sometimes, and that, for example, exactly like what you said, as let's say a job change, that sometimes, like you said, when we fail to follow our intuition or the universe like tapping us on the shoulder giving us hints like hey maybe it's ready it's time for you to move on let's say to another job and we kind of like go into that no this is what i know or like you said you're you're kind of like afraid that you don't believe you'll be able to do something else and then all of a sudden because you haven't followed your intuition the the universe drops like a big pink slip on your desk (laughs) (laughs) and then and then at that moment you're like think it's catastrophic but it's almost like something that you knew all along but you were resistant to it or didn't trust yourself Mm -hmm. well I think that if we train ourselves to pay attention to the small Mm -hmm. things 
the small indicators, the little coincidences. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. We can then gradually move up to handling the bigger ones. Right. And I, I, I feel like the more we resist making the small changes along the way and being aware of what those are telling us, the more likely we are to hit a really big crisis or big uh, demand on our, our psyches later mm-hmm. on. Well, it's you know, almost, we can prepare ourselves. Right, like almost like if you practice following your intuition on the little stuff, when you start getting inklings about certain mm-hmm. things, you, 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 you're more trustful of what you're feeling. Right, because sometimes the universe has to hit you over the head with a two-by-four oh, to get yeah. your attention. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You're right. That's a good... And people don't realize. And, and how I'm sure and I'm, it's happened to me that when things happen, it's like, you know, that part of you that goes, I knew it, you know. And it's, of course, yeah, you did know it. You just didn't yeah. like, uh, you know, you, you chicken out uh, and don't want to go where that leads because, you know, whatever, whatever the circumstances are in your life, it's like, oh, I'm afraid what happens. And I mean, a million reasons why we hang on to what is familiar, because despite yeah. everybody's into their routines, some people more than others, but the familiar is uh, it's it's all about the pleasure. Um and now let me ask you, um, now like, we were talking about this, you know, at the beginning of the year, this is when everybody makes their New Year's resolutions and a lot of the times it has to involve some type of change, whether it's because lose weight or get healthy, whatever. What do you see coming up for 2019, Skye? So overall, you know, what do you see coming well, up? Yes, I think that the term here is overall because in astrology, each person's um, personal charts, mm-hmm. individual birth charts, will be affected differently according to the positions and the movements of the planets and the sun and moon, etc. Well, not right. the sun. We know it doesn't actually move, but we look at it from this position on Earth as if it does. Right. Anyway, um, so each person is affected individually as well as collectively. But we do have some really major uh, situations astrologically coming up this year, and one of them very much deals with what you and I were talking about just a, mm-hmm. a few minutes ago about change versus holding on yes. to the status quo, or holding on to your past, what's com- your comfort zone, etc. And that, in astrological terms, um, is described as the position of the planet Uranus, which represents change and upheavals and new experiences in a stressful position, forming a stressful position, as we view it from Earth, looking into the sky, mm-hmm. a stressful position to the planet Saturn, which is the planet of the past, of uh, status quo, of everything that is stable, secure, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Okay, so we have that conflict going on. The two planets are um, what we call square to each other, which is a stressful, it generates a stressful energy between them. And so we're going to continue to see a conflict as we do see in our society right now. We see it politically in terms of new energies being brought in to change the old way of doing things and there's a lot of stress and a lot of conflict and a lot of excitement 
that's generated by that. So I think this is going to be an, uh, a theme this whole year right. for all of us on a uh, collective level. Right. But for some people, particularly those of us who have planets, uh, sun, moon, etc., other planets, in early degrees of Aquarius, Taurus, uh, Scorpio, or Leo. Okay. Okay. So, and, and if I understand correctly, it, it's everybody gets some change, but to different degrees depending on what is in your chart. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And we also have Pluto thrown in there, which is the planet of, and, and this is, these are also going to be very, very uh, important to people who have a lot of Capricorn energies in their charts, okay. um, because both Saturn and Pluto are positioned in Capricorn right now. Um, Pluto is the planet of uh, death and renewal, the destroyer, and the planet of rebirth, like the phoenix. Right. So that we're going to see a lot of major uh, transformations going on here, and they're going to often be of a somewhat hidden or subtle nature, so okay. that uh, you know we won't necessarily always see the whole picture right out there like it's on a movie screen a lot of mm -hmm. things are going to be hidden mm -hmm. a lot of things are going to gradually emerge but it's it's really the death throes for a lot of our old ways of doing things and our old belief systems and our old structures that need right. to be updated right right and that and, and i'm glad you you point that out because sometimes people think of changes like but then it's like you change things and you get rid of the old to bring in the new and that's many times what we need yes absolutely because new growth cannot exist until room is made for it and even things that we think of as being bad so to speak in quotations mm -hmm. um like a, a forest burning down right that has to happen sometimes so that new growth can rise out of those ashes exactly yeah you you, you need that that uh renewal process but like you said, something has to die or be done away with or change to make room for mm -hmm. the new. Uh, and often and, we look at our own lives some, and, uh, and see something that we thought was the worst thing that could possibly yeah. happen to us yes. turns out to be the best opportunity that we ever had. Yes, but only in hindsight, and of you, course. <laughs> That's what happens <laughs> to us. To, to, we, we it's afterwards when we look back, but... When we're right in the middle of it, we're like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a part of, uh, you mentioned it, people trusting themselves that they're going to be able to handle whatever comes up, even if nobody's giving them an exact map. It's like, you're going to be okay. That's true. And I, we don't have an exact map. If we go back to the idea of free will and that our thoughts and our emotions and um, our perceptions alter whatever happens to us or create whatever happens to us or both um, then we have to believe that we have the power to take charge of this and that we are the authors the architects of our existence whatever that may be it, and that to me feels very empowering that i don't feel like i'm a victim i'm not vulnerable right. i'm not just some weakling who's here waiting for the universe to act on me i'm a participant exactly and a lot of people fail to realize that they do have that power 
Uh, and Sky, let me ask you, and, and I know some people will say when it comes to astrology versus, like you said, free will. How does one work with the other? Let, let's say because when you look at astrology, you're thinking, okay, basically this is going, I've kind of got like a roadmap that my life is going to follow based on when and where I was born. And how does free will interact with what's been laid out for you because of your chart? Well, in my opinion, mm -hmm. we are presented with energies. The planets, okay. as they move through the skies, which we call transits or progressions in astrological terms, they send energy in our direction. We decide how we want to use that energy. Okay. Exactly. So we have a Uranus transit, and that's sending us the energy of change. How do we want to change? How do we want to embrace or reject new experiences? We get the energy of Mars, and it says, well, it's time to be assertive. It's time to, you know, uh, um, act in the world. So how do we choose to do that? It's a combination of both. We have infinite possibilities, probably. Okay. But we are influenced by astrological factors in a particular direction, and they just are sending us uh, material to work with, if you will, in the form of energy. And we get to choose how we want to use that. Plus, I imagine also if if a person is working with uh, with an astrologer and their chart, I, I think I guess the timing is also important. You know how they say everything in life is timing. I guess depending on what yes. you want to do, you decide is this a good time for me specifically to do or not do. Because I'm sure, haven't right. you ever had told somebody, yeah, that's a good idea, but the time is not right now. Yes, that's true. Uh, one of the most common ones that, you know, a lot of people know about, even if they're not really keyed into astrology, is Mercury retrograde. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, four times a year, three weeks, we get Mercury looking like, from our perspective here on Earth, as if it's moving backward in the sky. And what happens mm -hmm. during those periods is that everything gets confused and conversations get mixed up and communication gets delayed and, you know, travel is complicated. And consequently, during those particular times, astrologers generally recommend don't sign contracts, don't buy a house, don't, you know, make major commitments, you know, think through everything two or three times or four or five times, don't undergo elective surgery, and all kinds of things where complications due to miscommunication can occur. Right. So, you know, you could say, is it, uh, is it fated? Well... Sort of. But right. we also have the ability, if we're aware of it, to deal with those issues. And as you said earlier, the timing isn't right. Let's wait and launch this business after Mercury goes direct. Or let's have this surgery when we're more clear about what's going on. Exactly. Right. And, that, and, and people don't realize sometimes that timing, you know, may, maybe the outcome of certain things can be either you know like when everything haven't you ever done stuff and doors open up for you like it's like great everything is going and then other times you do certain things and you just can't catch a break everything is an obstacle and things don't work out you miss the call you know all those uh things that get in the way and i think a lot of times people don't realize that that might have to do also with what's going on astrologically as to smooth sailing That's versus true. uh it's like, man, this is I so kind difficult. Of look at it, yeah, I kind of look at it like 
um, the oceans, tides, you know, ebbing and flowing, swells where you're up or you're down. And, you know, there are times when you need to be out there and there are times when you need to withdraw. And that's basically just putting yourself in tune with the cycles that are affecting you. And, you know, that brings probably more comfort overall and more success. Right, right, right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, ex like what you pointed out, if it's Mercury retrograde, don't sign a contract. If, you know, if, wait, uh, you know, till you're out of it because, okay, that's good to know. You know, or, I mean, other things that people, uh, believe me, I've had my own experiences during Mer Mercury retrograde, including getting lost in Vermont. Uh, I mean, you <laughs> name it. It's been stuff like, it's like, <laughs> so when you say those things, it's like, yeah, believe me. I've had experiences yeah. along those lines that normally would, I know for a fact I would never have, that wouldn't have happened to me. But yeah. it's like. And we were talking earlier about um, a little bit of touching on the ideas of, of witchcraft and magic mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And those, being in touch with and in tune with those energies is really, really important in terms of getting the outcome that you seek. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like with, with Mercury retrograde, for example, um, a lot of things are likely to be delayed or they're going to get confused or you're not going to get the outcome that you desire. Likewise, you know, you want to pay attention to um, particularly lunar cycles so that if you're doing some sort of a spell for increase or to attract something or, or growth, you want to do it while the moon is increasing also. You want to do it during the waxing moon. Whereas if you want to do something to encourage decrease or endings, you want to do it when the moon is diminishing in light, when it's waning. And just harmonizing yourself with those cycles in nature will make a big difference in whatever outcomes you seek. Let me ask something, Scott. Along those lines of, let, let's say, like you said, whether it's the waning or the waxing moon, and I know, for example... Um, if somebody is trying to do something, a ritual or anything, let's say for protection, would that be mm -hmm. versus uh, removing negativity? How's that? Like, you, you know, people yeah. sometimes get confused. Should one do one in one cycle versus the other, for example? Yes, I would do those during the waning moon. Okay. As far yeah, as... Yeah, because you want, to, you want to decrease the... Um, harmful, negative, or uncomfortable energies that you are experiencing. And you want to perhaps bind whatever force is generating those energies in your life. Okay. So you want to do that while the moon is diminishing, while it's waning, okay. uh, in order to stay in tune with the timing of decrease. Okay, exactly that. So in other words, the... the the intent is what you're saying is should be your your how you make a decision as far as the timing let's say is it is it one or the other and then of course i mean nowadays you could find a the the cycles of the moon very easily just about anywhere on the internet as far as the timing when you want to do that uh and yeah you can definitely look up that most most calendars also will show you you know even physical calendars will show you when the different cycles of the moon are in effect let me ask you, Sky, do you recommend that people, whether it's smudging or doing something, let's say, at home or anything, do you think they should do it on a regular basis, 
not because anything's bad to happen. I'm not saying like because because sometimes because people just pick up negative stuff or whatever. Do you make any recommendations along those lines? Did you say smudging your house? Mm, yeah, uh, I'm t I'm using smudging as an example of. Yeah, I think it's a good idea on a on uh, a periodic basis. Certainly, if you've had any kind of let's say argument or upset mm -hmm. or disturbance mm -hmm. in your life, right. that energy right. is going to hang around your house for a while. And okay. yes, I think smudging is a good idea, uh, particularly if you're moving into a new place and you want to get rid of the vibes from the previous occupants. Yes, you definitely want to smudge then. Or if, even if you buy something, let's say you, you know, you're into antiques and you mm -hmm. want to buy something, you want to get rid of all of that energy that the previous owners have placed on that piece of furniture or that oriental rug or whatever it is. So smudging then is a very good time, good thing to do. But um, apart from that, I think that you can do it whenever you feel that the energy in your home is not harmonious with what you want it to be. Sometimes it feels heavy or, right. or uh, stuck. And smudging is one way to get rid of that. There are other ways too. Right, and and the reason why I bring this up is, I mean, I've been a paranormal investigator for many, many years, and sometimes yes, people don't realize that when they, like, exact that example that you gave, you move into a new place, and sometimes people have weird feelings, and it's not necessarily a haunting, as in supernatural agency. It's that <laughs> maybe whatever took place there within those walls is kind of still like the fabric of the place still holds it. Let's, let, yeah. We're, we're going to go with the negative because usually that's what people pick up on, whether there was a lot of mm -hmm. arguing or just stuff was going mm -hmm. on there. And people, yeah. you pick up on it and you might feel uncomfortable in a certain room uh, mm -hmm. or even the, depending on the type of person that lived there. So that, that advice that you gave as far as smudging, I think is a great idea because sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be a haunting. It could just be that, Maybe. Right. About 10 years ago, I bought a house where um, the previous owner had committed suicide in the house. Okay. So I did um, a ritual mm -hmm. to send him to the light because he was still hanging around okay, there. Okay, he was still there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and his sadness and his misery mm -hmm. that caused him to take his life were still there, resonating in the house. And so um, I uh, have a... Uh, Native American shaman friend and the two of us got together and we did a, a, a ritual to send him back to the light right. where he belonged and after that it was you know everything just felt like um, all that darkness had lifted from the place. Oh I bet, I bet. But not everybody, you know, I, I also go to a house uh, in the summer that was built in 1690 wow. and there's wow. a, a lovely old lady who um, passed there peacefully and she just comes through and she talks to me and she sometimes shows herself to people who are there and that is a very positive energy and we don't want to get rid of her okay wow that's an old house wow that's yeah. great it's one of the one of the oldest in america one of the oldest still occupied houses in america i bet god because people don't realize compared to other parts of the world we're kind of a young you know as far as buildings and stuff we really don't have that many as far as 1690 you always think of europe or other places where they have far older buildings uh and the, to me it's uh there's definitely especially imagine a structure that old 
even if Mm -hmm. you don't have, let's say, an active paranormal agency, I imagine it's got to have a feel to it because it's been lived in for so long. Right, and there are all kinds of activities that have gone on there. You know, there are births and deaths and weddings and um, celebrations and sadness and, you know, all kinds of things. And many, many, many people who have passed through that space. So it's kind of fun to uh, experience those energies. Oh, yeah. And just... Yeah, and to feel that we still have contact with those souls, those entities, those beings who are on the other side. And, and I tell everybody, because some people, especially if they've bought, I've done an investigation, well, because a person died. And I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe up to a few years ago, when I say comparatively, people used to have their children and die at home. <laughs> That was the norm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you uh, unless you die somewhere, people would die at their houses. That doesn't mean that just because you died in the house or even had a wake, which a lot of families did, that's haunted mm-hmm. because this was what everybody did. Well, I think it also makes us m- more connected to and more comfortable with the process of life death renewal, you know, it's, we don't see it as something that's scary and foreign. It's part of our normal existence. Yeah. Um, I remember a story my grandmother told me, and I remember when she told me, I was like, oh my gosh, she says that uh, when she was a younger woman, of course, I think she was in her 20s, she had a next door neighbor who also was a younger woman, but apparently she was sick with tuberculosis, TB. She knew she was going to die. And she asked my grandmother, would you be kind enough uh, to, uh, I have a, something I want to wear. Would you please be good enough to like dress me after I'm dead? You know, and I was like, oh my God, if my neighbor asked me to do that, but it, this was normal. You, you know, you relied on your neighbors. Uh, can you come over and like clean me up and put this certain suit of clothes or dress on me? And because she, you know, like I said, they were going to have the, the wake at the house. And my grandmother did it. It was like, she took it as a stride. It was like, okay, I'll do that for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we can't, we think of that now and it'd be like, what? <laughs> well, we think it's weird now because we have distanced ourselves from this part of life and therefore made it more scary. Yes. Because it seems foreign. I mean, we only uh, think of death as people in hospitals. Yes. Uh, yes. We don't see also the value and the beauty of being with people during those final times yes. and during their passing. Yes, yes, I I, I agree that. Um, I mean, it's, it's despite being a difficult moment for family members, you know, and, and of course we all want to think of ourselves as dying in old age and while we sleep, you know, the perfect way to leave this, mm-hmm. our lives. But sometimes that's just not the way it is. And... Uh, yeah, unless there's certain circumstances, uh, I think that, and and, I, and I'm sure you've heard the stories where some family member will not pass away till everybody's there, or the other way around, they wait maybe if they think there's certain family members cannot handle it till they right. step away, depending on, you know, whatever the circumstances are. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that there's something like a a recognition of finality that we understand as human yeah. beings when we see that and understand that, well, that, that, that's the fate that awaits us all. Mm-hmm. And, it is what and, it is. and I think it's important to, for us to 
um, not shy away from that, but to honor that as part of the whole cycle, if you will. Yes. Yeah, because as you said, it is inevitable, but it doesn't have to be bad. I think, and, and not everybody would agree with me, of course, but I believe we choose our own time and our own way to enter the world and to exit it. Yes. Yes. And some people, and I'm sure there's people that say, you know, some people, especially I imagine if you're older or maybe if you've been very ill, you are more willing. And I know some people recognize, I'm sure you've heard of stories that not, not having to do anything with age, some people have a, a recognition that they're going to pass away, that something's going to happen. Like they, they make out their wills or they leave instructions and, and anybody's like, how did, you know, like, how did this person know that maybe they were going to have, let's say, a, a fatal accident, for example? Even if there was nothing to indicate it. And people, they, they kind of recognize it on a soul level that that their time is ending. Yeah, and I think that every one of us chooses that, and we are aware of it. I've had many, many uh, experiences, as I'm sure you have, that make it very clear to me that, um, we are aware of this. When my father died, for example, and he was—he died in an automobile accident. There's nothing mm-hmm. we had any knowledge of illness, or and wasn't like it was expected. But all, myself and all four of my siblings, shortly before he was in that accident, had dreams about him dying. Wow! And so that was interesting. Um, but I've also had those sorts of. Um, awarenesses uh, with other people close to me who um, who died unexpectedly. So yes. I, I do think that we are aware of that. It's just that most of the time we don't pay attention or we don't want to believe that or we don't want to think about it. We don't want to go there. Yeah, especially something along those lines, which mm-hmm. is like, no, you know, that was just a bad, that was a bad dream. That was a nightmare. That was, but Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and when you mentioned my, not along the lines as, as death, but I remember my mom, well, my mom's still alive, but she all, I remember all my life, she would wake up when she would tell me, you know what, last night I dreamt that we were moving, we're going to be moving. And I'm like, no, we're not moving. You know, even though <laughs> there had been no conversation, no intentions, nothing. There was no possibility. She goes, nope. She goes, it doesn't fail. Whenever I have a dream about moving, it's going to come to pass. And I'd be like, no. Because people will think, well, you know, but sometimes people toy with the idea and that's basically you're dreaming what you kind of already know in a way. Mm-hmm. But there was times that there was absolutely no conversation, no possibility that that was going to happen. And I remember all mm-hmm. my life, she would, whenever she'd make that announcement, would be like, gee, shoot. Okay. <laughs> After a while, when I got older, I realized, oh, she had one of those dreams. Okay. All right. <laughs> I fight. It's going to happen. And sure enough, sure enough, by the way, it would come to pass. It would come mm-hmm. to pass one way or another. Um, well, there's no linear time sequencing that goes on in dreams. I mean, they cut across all of the, the different, um, I don't know, time zones, if you will, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very able to see the future in our dreams if we're open to that or to investigate the past as well. And we can do it through trance states. We can do it through 
different types of meditation and visualization experiences. Right. It's just that most of us don't, going back to what we were saying before, don't trust uh, what we get from those experiences. And we tend to question that because this doesn't seem scientific or this doesn't seem practical. Well, and I think we're maybe so it is, but that doesn't mean it's not real. And we're so distracted also, I think, because we're all trying to multitask, <laughs> that we just, we're too distracted sometimes to, I think, quiet the mind a little bit to like, you know, get those flashes that mm-hmm. th- that we get we, we would get to tell us, you know, give us that nudge or like, hey, and maybe maybe I'm thinking, you know, how they say that sometimes when we quiet down, when we go to sleep is when sometimes we have those dreams is because that's about the only time that our mind is actually slows down enough for that to come through. And they were receptive to, um, I won't say intervention, but let's say a connection from other spirits, from other mm-hmm. places in the universe, and from other parts of ourselves. Right, right, yeah, exactly. That that, and and I know sometimes people have way out dreams, and of course, because they have them in dream time, they kind of dismiss it as like, oh man, that was a really wild dream, or mm-hmm. wow, that that that's never gonna happen. And they kind of like, oh okay, because but it's like, yeah. Uh, and some, and I want to say sometimes also our subconscious mind speaks to us in symbols that we don't understand. Uh, you know, sometimes people have this weird dream, and I tell everybody, um, if you, if I tell you the word tiger, you don't see the word tiger. You see a tiger in your mind. I said to mm-hmm. somebody, you say tiger, and to them it's an animal of beauty and power. You say tiger to another person, and it's like it's going to eat me. So symbology for each person is different. Uh, right, and I think it's important to keep a list of your symbols so that you can see how they recur or how they evolve and to understand more what they do mean, as you said, uniquely to the individual. Right, 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 exactly that. Sometimes the best interpreter, and I hate to say it, of your own dreams is yourself because it's like, how did, how did, you, how did it make you feel? I mean, because that same symbol could mean something totally different to somebody else. Uh, Certainly. Depending on their interpretation, their personal experiences, you know, a million things mm-hmm. uh, that sometimes, and again, we come right back, we come full circle to people's lack of trust in their own intuition or in themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking, you know, like when people come to you, Sky, that they want the tarot reading, and, and I understand totally that like, sometimes people it's not a lack of trust. It's just that they're looking for a little bit of guidance. or, But do you ever right. find that, that a lot of times it's because people have kind of known all along that, that there was a direction, but they just didn't trust themselves? And hearing it, let's say, from somebody like you, it's like, oh, okay, okay, now I, okay. Yeah, I think that happens. I don't like to put myself in the position of being the authority who knows all, mm-hmm. but I think that sometimes people will consult me um, with that kind of impression in their own minds and what I try to do uh, as best I can is encourage them to pay attention to their own guidance Mm -hmm. you know of course they're not going to necessarily know the way I do about the different movements of the planets and they won't be able to interpret that if they've never studied it and likewise with things like the tarot but um, 
I, I do think it's, it's uh, very useful if people will start to follow their own symbols, as we were talking about, or their, certainly their own impressions and what we refer to as coincidence, which I don't think is, there's any such thing as coincidence. I think it's um, maybe synchronicity is a better word for it. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that um, people do often come to me because they've had some sort of a feeling or an impression or even a vision sometimes that they don't understand and they want to get a little bit more clarity on that, and hopefully I can offer that to them. Uh, and one of the things, and, and, and you know, when I said earlier that I think that sometimes because we're too distracted or we try to multitask or God knows there's a lot of things that sometimes people, you know, and I'm gonna, when I say spiritual life, everybody's like, and I'm not talking, I mean, if it's church for you, that's fine. I'm, but I'm not, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. When I'm right. talking about spirituality, I'm talking about you maybe quieting all that other stuff down and getting in contact with that part of you, which like you said, sometimes interacts with the, the world that's around us, but it's unseen. Okay. Yes. Um, and I know, for example, I know people sometimes when it comes to that, ask either whether it's guardian angels, totem mm -hmm. animals, uh, or even guardian spirits. Uh, and I want to say, because a lot of people say, well, do you, you know, one thing or the other. And I say, I think all those things, how can I say it? It's not that one is wrong or one doesn't exist and the other one doesn't. I think that everybody on an individual basis just has some version of that. Yes, that's I agree. What's I think they're all like, <laughs> I think they're all there. I see them a lot. And, uh, and uh, for example, um, you know, when pe sometimes people, you know, when they say about, uh, let's say, totem animals, you know, that they, mm -hmm. that they, they, they say, well, you know, because everybody thinks, let's say you're thinking, uh, a guardian angel, you know, it's like human. So, you know, you always interpret it as a human type of guardian. But when people think of animals as being totems, I said, um, sometimes, you know, it could be certain qualities about it that identify with you. Do, do totems, and that's another thing that I've heard people ask, is it like a guardian angel that it's the same one for all your life or do they change throughout your life? Well, my opinion is that we all have at least one very personal guardian angel who is with us forever. Mm -hmm. We might have more, but that they can invite other angels to come and help out when need be. Some of those other angels may have specific areas of expertise, if you will. Okay. And so our personal angels might invite them to come and offer a little extra assistance when needed. Okay. And the same with spirit animals, that we have certain totem animals uh, who have a very close connection with us for our entire lives. But once again, we may have other animals who appear to us, whether it's in the dream state or whether it's in a physical way or mm -hmm. some other vision, mm -hmm. who appear when we need to know what they're trying to tell us or when we need the powers that they have, such as, okay, let's say... Um, you need to be more wary and more clever and more crafty about certain things. You might see a fox. Okay. Or okay. if you see a heron, for example, and it isn't something that's normally in your environment, that might mean you need to pay more attention to being independent and thinking for yourself. Right. 
So that may not be your lifetime totem animal, but it may be telling you something you need to know now. Right, and that that involves a lot of paying attention to what's going on around you. In other words, as far as what people might think as, well, that's happenstance, but maybe just the timing on it. Like you said, you're seeing something that normally you wouldn't see, and then you ask yourself, why am I seeing that? What does that mean to me? What are the energies of that animal? Yeah. And people have a hard time thinking that the universe talks to you that way. I think people have a really hard time with that because sometimes people want things written out like, here's it is. I'm, I'm giving you a script. And it's like sometimes the universe is kind of like gives you messages in a lot of different ways. Yes, and often it is telling you in a very obvious fashion if you were able to get outside of your expectations. Mm-hmm. And then you can see, you know, because a lot of it is symbolic, if you can see the symbolism and understand that, then you can get the message that the universe is trying to tell you before it has to hit you on the head with the two-by-four. Yeah, of course, of course. And, I'm, and I think that's happened to everybody along the line some point where... You know, it's like, you know, I, I knew it. And I say, I, uh, I knew it because we're, we just like, for a lot of reasons, sometimes plain old laziness or, or we just don't do it. We, we drag our butts on it and then the inevitable comes, you know, like, just like when you, you're in school and you get a project and you have mm-hmm. the due date and you like procrastinate and then it's the day before and you're like, oh my God you know, or the big exam, people sometimes do that a lot of times where they kind of know things internally and then they don't see all the indicators because... Yeah, and I also think that a lot of people are afraid of um, the criticism or the judgment that others may make on them (laughs) if they reveal some of these things. Yes. You know, a lot of people, you and I don't don't worry about people thinking we're woo-woo. I mean, we no. are. It's like, okay, all right. I, I have a very good say. Why be normal? It's like, hello, that's boring. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people do think, when I sit down and talk to people off the record, so to speak, mm-hmm. and they find mm-hmm. out that I'm not going to judge them, uh, they'll reveal all kinds of fascinating things to me that they think, uh, oh, maybe I shouldn't be thinking this, or maybe I shouldn't feel this way. or, uh, But... Most of us have had experiences that someone else would think were weird. Oh, yeah. And they're not. We all have them. And the fact that we all have them means they're not weird. They're normal. They're very common, in fact. Yes. It's just that we're afraid to express it. Oh, I, I, you will get that from, especially depending on, you know, you'll get it from people that are like either police or military or doctors or, you know, something that, you know, you're supposed to be very analytical and everything. And, and either when they retire or off the record, it's like, oh, by the way, yeah, I've had that this experience and that experience, but don't say anything because it's a career killer. Or, you know, or... Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people also, I, I find, I, well, I live in a, a very conservative Christian community. Okay. And a lot of people f- tend to think that if they have visions or they, you know, feel that... There are things that come up in their subconscious that they can't necessarily uh, rectify with the teachings that they've been taught. Right. They think it's evil, and yes. so they're afraid to to pay attention to it, and they want to get rid of it. Um, and so I think that that any time, like you're talking about, I think science is 
has a similar kind of places similar kinds of limitations on what we can believe, what we can accept, and what we can experience, just as many of the religious organizations do too. And to me, that's uh, that's unfortunate because they're just because it's something that doesn't fit into a particular mold doesn't mean it's wrong. Well, exactly, and and um, I, I I've talked to several people, like you said that. Sometimes they've had, they're psychic, or they've had psychic experiences, stuff that they know in themselves that this is not my imagination. But because mm-hmm. of where they worked at, or even their families, uh, mm-hmm. they shut shut it down quick because to them it was like, I do not want to be ostracized. Yes. And I know that if I talk about this, I'm going to get ostracized. I've had guests that in my show that have had psychic experiences, children, and mm-hmm. uh, they've said that when they said something to their parents, you know, children take things at face value. They don't, they're like, you know, they've, um, for lack, they didn't exactly get in trouble, but they were told, do not talk about that again. Right, yeah. I had an experience a few summers ago when I met a little boy who was about three, and he introduced himself to me as Will. And I, spent some time with him as he showed me his house and his garden, et cetera, et cetera. And then I went to his parents and said, oh, your son Will is a really sweet little boy. And they said, his name's Sammy. And I said, well, why did he tell me his name was Will? And they said, oh, that's just his imaginary friend. So I went back to the little boy and I said, why did you tell me your name was Will? Your parents say your name is Sammy. He said, in my old body, I was Will. Oh, wow. So I went back to his parents and I said, listen to this child. Do not talking out of this he's telling you about a past life that he has yes, yes. and you can learn a lot if you just listen to him and honor his experience yeah but that scares not all parents are that open-minded it scares that a lot of it, either it scares them or they're religious you know they have a certain yeah. they want to shut that down right away and usually by the time we enter school we have been shut down but yeah, most so, children yeah. think probably are pretty open to that stuff when they're three, four years old. Yeah. And they just don't get any encouragement and eventually they realize they're being, um, they're being shut down. Yes, no, it's like, well, and I, I hate to say it, 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 part of it is conformity, okay? Um, mm-hmm. I think also some parents, like, they're trying to protect their kid because they don't want their child to be because sometimes, you know, they don't want be, their child to be the odd man out. Almost like they know if, if you start talking about that, you're going to get that reputation. And then mm-hmm. I don't want to see you hurt. And some others, it's just because they shut them down because they themselves might have had experiences themselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Well, they just don't want to go there. Oh, yeah. They don't want to deal with it. Oh, I, and, and I tell everybody, I have an aunt. She's a very, if you met her, she's a very no-nonsense person all her life, all her life. No, you know, and even when it comes to ghosts and spirits, she's very like cut and dry. No, 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 that doesn't. Then one day, I, she's, you know, both me and uh, my mother and her, they, uh, they, basically went to a convent school, where they slept there, even though, and then they came home and you know during the off season, and this was a very old convent school. Everything you know when they have the church and the convent and the school, all together. This was very very old building. She says, one day she's telling me this story. Oh, one day she's sitting there. She must have been like seven years old. And she says she looks towards the doorway of the classroom and she sees an altar boy. 
which was very out of place, by the way. He said, very sad looking. And she's and she is a little kid thinking, what's he doing here? Is in other words, there would there would not be any altar boys there dressed like an altar boy. And she says that she looked away, she looked back, he was gone. She had seen a ghost. She had seen a ghost as a little kid. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. As far, as far as I can remember it growing up, to you, there was no such thing as spirits or ghosts or none of that. But you're mm-hmm. telling me that you saw a ghost of an altar boy. And she like, ah, oh, and then she just walked away. And it's like, yeah, it was one of those rare times that she, you know, when people actually, and I'm thinking, I wonder how many other experiences she might have had that she's never talked about. And uh, a lot of people do that. They swing in the other direction. Yeah, I think we all experience those sorts of things at some time or another. I had um, an experience with not seeing the person, but I was getting ready to leave from work. It was about 5.30, and I said, I'm, I'm not staying any later tonight. I've been late every night. And just as I was getting ready to leave my office, I picked up the phone. The phone rang, and I picked it up. And there was a very interesting person on the other end. We had a lovely conversation for about 45 minutes. And finally, um, I hung up and got ready to leave. And as I was driving home, the, there was a huge traffic jam that had been in a fatality accident on the road that I would have been on had I not picked up that phone, had I been there uh, in the normal time that I had planned to be there. I would have been in the middle of that accident. Maybe I would have been hurt. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I went back the next day and tried to call the person who, this is before caller ID and all that, uh, tried to call back the person who had phoned me to let him know what had happened. There was, there was an unlisted number. <gasps> oh. <laughs> but I know that that was, you could call it an angel or whatever, yes. who intervened yes. to protect me at that particular time. Yes, isn't that incredible? That mm-hmm. the, and, and we've all and, had oh, like that. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, and and like you said, it wasn't just a regular. That was a day that you were like, "I'm getting out of here now." In other words, your yeah. strong <laughs> intention was like, I, "I'm going to leave like now," because and I think everybody that has worked for a living has found themselves in that predicament where, and then. You know, you see stuff like that, and you're thinking, okay, yeah, uh, my guardian angel was like, Whoosh. and sometimes we dodge the bullet, and we don't know we dodged the bullet because we never have that moment like what you described, where you saw uh, the accident, mm-hmm. and you knew the timing would have possibly been horrible if you would have left right when you intended. But sometimes things happen where we take a different route, we do something different. And we never. And now I always pay attention. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 people don't realize sometimes. Uh, and like I say, you know, you know, you've, you. I'm sure you've heard of the people, the premonition that people have the premonition. Oh, I'm not getting on that plane, and then it crashes. Yes. You know, and you know. Yeah, it, he talked about once. Um, he was getting ready to get on an elevator, and when the doors opened. He looked at all the people who were in the elevator already, and he couldn't see any life around any of them. And he didn't get on, and the elevator crashed. Wow. Say that's... But yes, most, and those, those stories are so common that they have to be true. Well, there has to be something. 
And I tell everybody, how many people have those premonitions, dismiss them and get on the plane? Mm -hmm. They don't live to tell a tale and say, oh, you know what? I either had a dream the night before or my Mm -hmm. wife or my husband or somebody told me don't get on the plane. Or even I knew I had a bad feeling, but I still did it because I thought it was my imagination and I feel stupid and I'm just getting on this plane. You know, you're not alive to say I didn't pay attention to my intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I stuff like that goes. If, yeah, if we do happen to get on that plane, or if we are in a, uh, a massive vent of some kind, I also think that we have agreed to that for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That this is what we have chosen to be part of this event, whether it is to bring awareness to something, or whether it is uh, because we... We're all part of a collective, those of us who participate in the event, and we all want to go out together. There may be a zillion reasons, but I do believe that when we have situations such as 9-11 or, mm-hmm. or you know, some massive event like that takes place, that we have agreed to participate in it for some purpose that right. you know, means something to us. Right, and and I know what you're saying, like... like, a, like a that there was an agreement beforehand that this was this was going to be the manner let's say that 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 we died it was mm-hmm. like yeah even though on a conscious level it's like obviously we don't recognize it because then we wouldn't be there if you know because it's like right right and people don't realize but that is so I, I, yeah I, I think a lot of people sometimes don't realize that stuff or agreements that we come to before we're born yeah, we and, mm-hmm. and, I, and of course, if we actually recognize them, we wouldn't be able to function in this plane because you would be, it just doesn't work. In other words, it's like, yeah. be like we would be going crazy. We would just be totally, it, in other words, you, you have to kind of be in ignorance of all those agreements that you made. Or sometimes I think people don't realize that sometimes you come to the fork in the road and maybe you'll end up in the same place, but you can either do the short route or the long, <laughs> the long route. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I agree with you totally on that. That, um, And I think it happens sometimes with illnesses, too, that we may um, have an illness that we avoid mm-hmm. through, uh, through whether it's inoculations or whether it's through, um, you know, medical intervention or whatever it happens to be. And then later on, that will uh, it, that might give us a reprieve for a while. But later on, we're going to find that something else was a manifestation of that. That we dodged the bullet, if you will, mm-hmm. for a while. But you know, ultimately, I think all of those things are um, the map, part of the map of our consciousness that we establish for ourselves for whatever reason. Right. And you're right. We don't know in advance possibly not only because we would be afraid, but because it would interfere with the growth process and the lessons that we need to learn along the way if we knew that. Right, exactly. It's almost like being ignorant is part of, yeah, in other words, what would you do? You, you know, you have to make that, whatever the choices are, out of being in a, in a state of ignorance of what the outcome is going to be. And uh, I mean, and I've I've done past life regression on people, 
And, you know, other people have always asked, like, oh, do you believe in reincarnation? I said, I'll tell you what. I personally believe it, but what usually what I tell them is because I've, I've done it with, with clients who sometimes they have, uh, sometimes people do it just out of curiosity because they want to see what their past lives are. But I've done it also with people who have, let's say, for example, certain phobias they can't explain. And I said, yeah. look, sometimes the, I've seen it work with people who have done traditional therapies. They've gone through so many things and it hasn't worked. And they have no idea why they feel that way. Let's say on a phobic, that they're phobic about yeah. something. And sometimes doing a past life regression has taken them. There's like an understanding that they mm -hmm. understand it. And contrary to what people think, you know, because sometimes people think that if you have that aha moment, let's say in a past life regression series, you're going to come out and go, I, I get it. I'm not afraid of that. And that's not my experience, but usually like within a couple of months, the most that fear leaves you. I mean, I used, I've done it with people that I fear of elevators. When you said that thing about, I've had people that I've had, they sweat bullets getting into mm -hmm. uh, an elevator or getting into an elevator by themselves. And if they have to go somewhere and if they see a building to them, it's like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. or getting in a plane and um sometimes it's it's it doesn't it ha doesn't have to do with a past life where they you know had something horrible sometimes it's it's an organic problem but yeah yeah i i've seen that happen and it's almost like there's something inside of you where you have to witness it you have to see it you have to and then it kind of like clicks in your psyche and you're released from that moment you know, usually it would, it's usually that when you, you have a phobia, it was something pretty horrible that that created it, you know, on a soul level. Yeah. Which yeah, is, I think Brian Weiss is one who's written extensively yes, about Yes, 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 yes. And he, when, when, when he came out with that, with that book, Many Lives, Many Masters, what was it, back in the 80s, um, mm -hmm. he was a hardcore scientist slash psychiatrist, medical doctor. He didn't have any yeah. type of leaning in that direction uh and um uh, a lot of uh the uh, people that i've read up on that are doctors usually they kind of like when their patient talks about it they go with the flow thinking it's all in the person's you know like in their head okay well mm -hmm. let, yeah they're let, just just go with it and see where it goes never realizing that what the person is actually experiencing is a past life yeah. And, then, you know, of course, they're open minded enough to to talk about it and, you know, and accept it. In other words, leave the possibility, which I think sometimes a lot of our now it's getting better. But I think a lot I of the science and medical, they're kind of a little bit uh, closed minded when it comes to that. And mm -hmm. something I wanted to touch on, which has to do with this guy, which is, you know, the connection between the mind, the body and the spirit where sometimes let's say we'll use western medicines i think until recently they didn't incorporate that in their treatments it was strictly physical uh or medical in this fact like medicine or treatments but i don't think that they were taking into consideration the spiritual mind component as far as getting better yeah well i think it's interesting to see in our lifetimes how this has turned around and how much um, that holistic approach mm -hmm. has taken mm -hmm. over and yes. you know it's 
becoming so much more, well, even popular among mainstream, what we used to call yes. mainstream, yes. Uh, you know, medicine, mainstream healing. But yeah, it's it's much more receptive now, much more receptive, or we are much more receptive. Um, I have a friend who uh, is a Reiki master, mm-hmm. and she's just recently incorporated Reiki into the treatments at our local VA hospital, which is you know about as conservative as you could get. But finally, they're opening okay. up to that, and yeah, it, it they're finding uh, they're very receptive to it, and it's really helping. Yes, of course. I mean. I am the kind of person that if 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 we could treat you by relaxing you versus giving you medication, why not? It's like, hello, you know, maybe people need to learn because I mean, I've worked with people in, in relaxing, which so many people have any problems because they're, they don't know how to relax. They don't have that moment where they just let go. They're too stressed out. And yes, it's inevitable. You, you need a little stress happens, but... They, they never turn off. And uh, I think that a lot of our stuff, physical problems, not that it disappears, but some of it gets worse because we have no downtime from stress. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people now that they, 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 they take medications for problems sleeping, things of it, because their mind doesn't turn off. Uh, that would be so much preferable to then, then taking meds and taking a lot of the stuff that they give to people. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and, and you're right. And I'm glad that nowadays doctors are thinking, okay, let me put this in the mix before writing a prescription for somebody. Uh, and people also have to be aware themselves of uh, the healing process, yes. which is more than, going to a doctor and relying on the doctor or going to medications and rec- relying on drugs. We have to be responsible ourselves for the quality of our own health and the quality of our own lives and realize that our bodies know how to heal themselves. Yes, and, mm-hmm, and if we can trust that and pay attention to it, we don't have to go through a lot of these things. We don't have to give over our power to some authority. Yes. Or to, we have our own inner body wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think a lot of times because oh, I think it's because society puts it in a certain way that and uh, I'm going to give you a perfect example. My mom, I want to say, when she went to her fifties, she had a little bit of high blood pressure, so she would take medicine. You know, they give you the little pills, and uh, there was a point also where she would. Uh, she wasn't diabetic, but you know she, you know she would control it with diet, and she, they gave her little meds. And she got a little bit older; she was developing Alzheimer's. But my mom had always been really, really good. I have to say about taking her medicine. She, she, health wise, she was okay just for these little things. Somewhere along the line, because she wasn't, she had her own apartment. Sky, my mom had stopped taking the medicine she used to do for the diabetes or the, you know, to keep her sugar, whatever. And she wasn't testing herself. And I was like, crap. So I took her to another doctor and I was like, oh my God. And the doctor says, well, you know what? Her blood sugar is testing okay today. Let's keep an eye on it and let's see what happens. Guess what? My mom, her own body regulated. She didn't need the meds ever again. Okay. And it will if we allow it to because we know in... uh 
in our body wisdom what we need. Yes, yes. And it, was and it goes back to, to what we were talking about earlier with our thoughts. We create our world, you know, our reality. Yes. And that if, if we focus on illness, we're going to attract illness to us. If we focus on being well and healthy and happy, we'll attract that to ourselves. It's just our minds give our bodies the commands to... Uh, to generate in a particular way, whatever that might be. And by the time it finally gets down to the body level, it's been in the mental body, it's been in the emotional body for quite a while, evolving down to finally a physical level where the body is saying, okay, pay attention. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, all right, I've tried everything else, but so now I'm going to have like a, you know, not a breakdown, but okay, I'm something that you cannot overlook or dismiss or ignore or whatever the case might be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's a wonderful called um, the uh, emotional, uh, what is it called? The, it's about the emotions and how they, oh, Healing Power of Illness, that's the name of the book, um, which, which links in a very easy to understand way a, a number of our common illnesses and the psychological dynamics behind them. Yes. And it makes so much sense when you look at the fact that everything is interconnected. We don't have just the physical, we don't have just the mental or just the emotional. They're all part of the whole the whole pattern. Yes, and, and, and a lot of people don't and and that's and, and I'm glad you pointed out <clears throat> because in truth a lot a lot of illnesses are not strictly organic, as in the body. And, uh, you know, because people sometimes, you know, it's like not only what are you thinking, it's how are you feeling. Like, tell me how you feel, not what you're thinking, how you feel, because I think mm -hmm. a lot of it translates into our bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I hate to say it, when it shows up, of course, in disease, then we're talking negative feelings. Yes, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> and the more you ignore it, the more you ignore it. Depending, of course, how bad that feeling is. If it's maybe something that you've been, uh, let's say, in denial about for years, maybe for even from childhood. Maybe it does. Mm -hmm. It's taken fifty years, but it's it's going to pop up in such a way that you say, "Well, you know what? You're going to have to deal with it <clears throat> now. You're going to have to deal with it, no, no matter what." And uh, yeah, I, I've seen that on more than one occasion, that there's there's no way really in truth to separate it. Because obviously, you know, we are more than just our ourselves as far as the skin suit goes. There's our self-awareness, our spirit, our soul. I mean, everybody, you know, wants to describe it a different way. But what goes on there actually affects us in our body. Uh and, and I absolutely agree with you that we dismiss how much ability our body has to heal itself because we're, like you said, we're too dependent to going to an authority figure, like as in like a medical doctor, for him to tell us, this is what's wrong with you and this is how we're going to fix it, usually with maybe some type of medicine or some type of other treatment. And then we're like, mm. okay, then, you know, I... You know, a lot of people consign themselves, especially if they're older, that they're going to be on this regimen sometimes of drugs or, or medications. Like, that's it. No, it's just this part of getting old. And it's like, not really. <laughs> you know. 
No, it's part of having old thinking. Old thinking, exactly, old thinking. But anyway, Sky, I wanted to thank you so much for spending this time with me tonight. It has been oh, absolutely wonderful you. to speak to you uh, because well, we've covered a lot of the me. areas that are near to my heart uh, because I'm, I'm hoping that, oh, I feel that part of the changes that we were talking about is like more enlightenment uh, as far as how, how we exist. How's that? Whatever your existence level is, you know, everybody's circumstance is different. Um, and then that extends outwards to other people. And then, of course, the, everything, our environment, nature, blah, you know, the whole mm -hmm. thing. So, yeah, I agree with you. And I see it as uh, bringing welcome and much needed change uh, into breaking down the old limits and the old barriers. Yes, yes, yes. And change is not a bad thing scary but absolute sometimes but overall at the end i think it's it's always serves the best and most positive outcome for everybody well we have no choice in it right isn't the only constant change yeah and that's what people that's you can't, avoid it. <laughs> you, can't you can't you know and sometimes it's like it's gonna happen no matter what you do how much you dig your heels in you know it's gonna happen so might as well go with it yeah plan. you know what is it like hold tight here we go you know when you get on the roller coaster like here we go and we'll just we'll just go with it you're right and i really appreciate you having me on tonight no, and giving a, me the yeah. opportunity to talk with you and share ideas with your audience it's always fun and by the way, I am going to have a link to your website on the credits okay. of the show, but for my podcast listeners, what is the website where they can find you at? Okay, so. my website is skyalexander.com, and I'm trying to find a good web designer to update it. So if you know of anybody, please okay. let me know. Okay, we'll put it out there. Well, somebody, you know, they can get yeah, in touch with you there. at that website. And take it from there, and absolutely. But again, thank you so much, Sky. It has been wonderful, and thank uh, you. I want to wish you uh, the best of luck in any new projects you might have coming up. Yeah, I have a new book coming out in a few days. Oh, you are! Is, what is that? What is that about? Because it's I've I've been showing a banner here with some of your most recent releases. Oh, um, thank you. But uh, what 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 book is it that you've got coming out? Uh, it's called Magical Astrology. Oh. Um, and it is actually a updated, revised, completely rewritten version of a book called by the same title that I wrote almost 20 years ago. Oh, and cool. I like that it's coming back into print and that it's uh, there's a lot of new information and that okay. should be out any day now. I pro you can already do pre-orders, but okay. um, I'm looking forward to getting my copy sometime this week and uh, that should be fun. Okay. And I've got... Five more books coming out this year, so I'm This is going to be excited. a busy year for you, definitely. It's going to be a big year for me, yes. Congratulations. So, Congratulations. So I hope maybe we'll talk again sometime. Absolutely, darling. Take care. It has been it, wonderful. It's been great. Thank Goodbye. you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Isn't she fantastic? Uh, see? And, you know, you've been seeing the books, well, the, the ones listening. Okay, it's, she's, she is, she's, she's been writing for a really long time and she has uh, different books. Uh, uh, some of them, like I said, she, you know, she, she works in the area of astrology. Uh, she does tarot reading, feng shui. Uh, she does have different uh, books on witchcraft. Uh, and obviously she's going to update that one 
that she put out 20 years ago that yeah that's that's definitely due for a revision which is great because you know sometimes things stay the same but other times they change and um as you could tell that that sky and i'm really so glad because truly i i i said it before uh despite how can i say it how much we get bombarded that everything is about us physically you know physically how we look what we dress physically physical 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 you know and when people have crisis whether it's your health or spiritually people go through crisis okay and or meltdowns or you know whatever you want to call it sometimes things happen to us that causes the crisis or to somebody close to us that of course affects us and then other times people just hit a wall you know and sometimes family members around them or friends or co-workers are caught totally by surprise like oh my god and and, and the reason why I point this out is that sometimes you'll see somebody from the outside that their lives might look perfect and when I say their lives as in how they look and the lifestyle they have and and they look very put together and even organized <laughs> and then all of a sudden something happens to them and they have come almost like a crash and burn moment without a, a, a an apparent crisis causing it and everybody around them is like where did that come from and the point I'm trying to make is that we can have a spiritual and or mental or spiritual or in and of itself a separate one crisis that we disguise first of all very much why because everybody around us goes by what we look like or what things appear as or how successful this person appears like they, they're really together and because of course we're talking here whether it's the mental or the spirit you know it's not tangible per se there's no way to measure it and people sometimes like what we were talking about we people tend to ignore that or they don't want to address it because sometimes it ha might have be something painful going on okay it could have be something painful having to do with their careers with their relationship uh maybe they look like man you should be happy but you're not and people sometimes have a hard time coming to grips I'm gonna say this because in their mind or society or you know all the commercialism or stuff that we get put in you know driven into us is like when you have this or when you get there or when then you'll be happy and then all of a sudden they get to that point that level and they're like waiting for the aha moment I should be happy because I have this or I got that or I'm working here or and it's like huh and a lot of people can't come to grips with that because their spiritual mental part they've kind of shoved it aside and then they have this because they're kind of it's they're kind of lopsided and then they they have a, a crisis and I think we do so at our own peril I really do uh, I think a lot of our physical health is affected 
by what's going on in our minds and in our spirit, in our soul, if you want to call it that. Uh, and sometimes I absolutely agree with, with Sky. Sometimes illnesses that we manifest are things that we've not paid attention to on our spirit slash emotional slash mental level. Uh, and it comes to the point where our body manifests it because it's just, you can't ignore it anymore. Uh, and by this, you know, a lot of people think of what I was saying about spirituality, that you're walking around going, mm. it's like, no, but I think that, again, because life has become so fast paced, technology, see, I'm old enough to remember what it was like before everybody had a phone, everybody had one of these, a phone. I remember what it was like that you even had, you know, when beepers came in, pagers, okay? Pagers at one time were about the only people that had pagers were doctors. You know, somebody's really important. Uh, and what, what I'm saying is that the stressors that have come, yeah, it's good because you think, man, if I have a phone and I'm in an emergency, I can reach out. But the flip side of it has been that it has made our lives more complicated. We have no downtime. We don't have moments to say, you know what? Let me just veg out. Let me just think about stuff. Let me just like, or not think about anything. Think of, you know how good that is? Well, you just space out for a bit and just not think about stuff. Like, let it go and maybe sit on a park bench or whatever, as an example. And look at the clouds and look at the trees and people watch, you know, just people watch. How good that feels. Let me tell you something. Take your shoes off, put your toes in the grass or whatever. And just like let it let I let me tell you something. I think that if more people did that, people would be happier and healthier. In small doses. And I'm gonna bring this up because you know how people sometimes say, oh, "I'm gonna do a getaway. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this vacation." I think about this, and it's like, you know what? If you're gonna wait once a year or more, because sometimes people go years sometimes without vacations. No wonder people are so super stressed. It's like, no, we need to have like these, even if it's a 10-minute vacation in the day, that we stop because all these technological advances have basically decimated all the open time that people used to have where they could do that because now with one of these people expect whether it's your family or your boss or just any of your friends expect you to be instantly accessible like why did i called you why didn't you answer the phone huh and i'm telling you uh, i think it's been to not to throw out the baby with the bathwater because they're very useful but our boundaries have been totally like run over. They don't exist. And I, it's happened to me. Where even when you do that, you start feeling guilty. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to think of my to-do list. I'm not going to think of what I need to do tomorrow or maybe what I have to do maybe an hour from now. I mean, what's wrong with that? Nothing. And it all becomes it, it, it affects what we all are as far as our brains, which produce how we feel, which then is internalized in our body. That if people just were able to step back with, of course, no guilt, because that's another bad 
feeling to have, which generates its own health problems down the line if you feel it enough, which is guilt, which is, I need to just be in the moment, in the now. And I know a lot of people just like live in the now. By, by this, I don't mean like, it, yes, live in the now is very important. But when I mean in the now, it's like, don't even think about living in the now. It's just blank out and relax and disengage your mind because somehow we think that if we do this, it's better. You know, if, 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 if I can do this, but in the meantime, I'm doing that, and then at the end of the day, I'll have more time to think about more stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, uh, I think that um, what Sky mentioned also, uh, as far as changes coming up for 2019, I think a lot of people feel it. And even before we started recording, we were talking about how sometimes people say oh, they want change, they want change, whether it's personally on a larger scale. But then when things start moving in that direction, especially what it looks like maybe this year, which is not going to be not quite as slow, as, they kind of like wig out like, no, 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 no. It's like, yeah, okay. And you can either get swept along with it. It's going to happen. Or you could say, you know what? This is scary. I don't know where this is going to end up at. Am I going to be able to handle this new stuff? Different? Oh my God. And you, part of you has got to say, I'm going to hang tight and I'm going to go with the flow. And I'm going to be excited and I'll handle it. Whatever it is, I'm going to get there. And I personally, I, 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 I'm one of those that is excited about change. Don't get me wrong. I have my routines. I like stability just as much as any other human being. But I do get excited about change. Uh, and I think it's necessary because I think the worst thing for the human spirit is stagnation. And uh, a lot of people cling to what they know because, well, maybe I'm not happy with this, but God, that's better than what? The unknown? Forget it. We, we all need to like move along, move along, move along. And by this, I, <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of people think of like, oh, when you're in your teenage and your 20s and you're, I think we need to do that all the way through till we die. Yeah, we have our routines, but we need to be like, always get excited about the change and welcome it and just trust in our intuition, trust ourselves, trust in the divine, whatever you want to call it, whatever floats your boat, that you're going to be okay. You're going to come out at the other end of it. And... You know, what's that thing? Expect good things. So anyway, guys, thank you for being part of my audience. You're all wonderful. Uh, I'm so glad you come back every week for shows. And of course, as you know, uh, links to the videos and to the podcast are available at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. There's also direct links to podcast platforms. I know a lot of people have favorite ones such as Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, I have direct links there that will take you to the show files. Or like I said, if you want to download the MP3 files or if you want the link to the video portion of the show. Also, you can submit your stories, whatever they might be. Send them uh, to, there's a the tab there that says submit your story. Or you can send it to Marlene at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Because of course, I'm always looking for new stories. My last book just came out. Less than 60 days ago, Supernatural Safety, which 
One of the parts that I mentioned is exactly what Sky was describing, what people should do before they move into a new house or they bring in something into their house, something they picked up on the curb in the flea market, in the garage sale, something even, dare I say it, even your old auntie gave you. You need to work on that. You know, you, you need to like bring it in fresh into your, into your living space. Okay. Your sanctuary, because that's what our homes should be. Our sanctuary. I feel like Quasimodo, but anyway, um, thank you again. Uh, you guys, I've gotten a lot of suggestions for, um, show themes. I've got a lot of great guests. Uh, as you know, I've also putting out another series is called supernatural story time, which is I'm retelling a lot of the stories that I've received from true believers or stuff that I've received for like over 20 years on emails that people have sent me short stories about experiences that they've had. Uh, so I thought, you know, but the best way, because the truth is everybody's so shy, very, first of all, a lot of these emails, I got them years ago about experiences people had. There's no way of me to be able to, and most people I've noticed don't really want to talk directly or retell it. So this was the best format that I had of retelling these stories that people have had about their experiences. So make sure to, you can go to supernaturalstorytime.com, but if not here, uh, I do have that series and you're going to find it very, very interesting. Again, these are just stories about events and things that people have experienced. It doesn't have to be with ghost or paranormal. And sometimes it's never explained how or why that happened or what the outcome was, which is great, but people have had the experiences nonetheless. And again, I have fantastic guests coming on. Subscribe wherever it is that you are getting uh, Stories of the Supernatural so that you are aware when I release new shows. Okay. And uh, again, and uh, if also, if you, I, I am, uh, if you ever want to find out as far as if I'm going to be making any appearances, I'm posting them on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram or on the website of Miami Ghost Chronicles. If I'm going to be doing any uh, talk show appearances uh, or if I'm going to be at any event, for example, I'm going to be doing a holistic event now coming up in about a week. Okay, that's usually the best place. Um, also, if I have any type of uh, paranormal, paranormal news, and I'm going to give you, for instance, uh, I do have sometimes uh, casting companies, producers of shows that reached out to me because they've got a show that they're thinking of putting together and they're looking for people, you know, true stories. And for example, right now, probably by the time you hear it, uh, they've got a, somebody that's trying to cast children that are psychic. Uh, and they're asking between the ages of 8 to 16. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, I don't know when you hear this, that information there is, is will be there on who to get a hold of and also what they're looking for. So, and before I forget, I am going to be doing, like I said, my free monthly giveaways every month, whether it's books or I always got something going on. Maybe now for Valentine's Day. Uh, we'll be doing a giveaway again. So guys, 
Um, I look forward to 2019 and uh, enjoy a lot of spooky times together. Take care.